Speaking of, of Pastor Reggie, he mentioned something on Wednesday. Have you been tuning in on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, noon, Wednesday in the evenings? Have you been tuning in? He said something that freed me up for this message today. He said, teaching is repeating until the lesson is learned. He says, teaching is repeating until the lesson is learned. So this came in handy because we're talking about this month, agape and honor. And so my message is going to be one that some of you have already heard. If you were at the T, you've heard a portion of this message. But when he said this to me, I thought to myself, test come after teaching, right? When you're in school, you, you, they, you learn, you, know, you go to school, you learn your lessons or whatever, and then you have a test, whether it's a pop quiz or whether it's a regular test. You have tests after teaching. Now, when you pass the test, then you can move on to the next thing, right? Now, I was confident in school when taking these tests only if I've studied the message or studied what I've learned, right? It's, it's not when you don't study or when you don't listen in class, then you're kind of nervous and you're second-guessing yourself when it's time to take that test. Now, there are times when you don't grasp every concept, but that's why we're teaching. Because teaching and teaching and teaching and repetition helps us to learn. Now, it's the same thing with the kingdom of God, right? We can always compare spiritual to natural. When we are taught the word, and if you are in this church, if you have been to this church either just today or at any time, we do receive amazing teaching here. You have been taught the word. You should be studying the word and believing this word for yourselves. And when you do that, it's only then that you can successfully pass the test and go on to the next level in learning because we should be forever growing. So as we talk about, again, Agape and Honor Month, I want to piggyback on all of the teachings that have gone forth this far. Have you enjoyed Elder Dominic starting us off on Tuesday? Have you, if you haven't listened to his message, he's talking about grief, make sure you go and listen to that. Then we have Pastor Twan. He started, it, started us off on Sunday. Have you been listening then? Pastor Kelly, he said every woman, every man, every boy, every girl needs to go and check out this past Tuesday with Pastor Kelly. She talked about emotional maturity. You need to get that. And then if you're not hopping in on Wednesdays at noon and Wednesdays at 7, you're missing out. So say, I don't want to miss out. So make sure you go and view everything. So I want to park at this title today, The Art of Self-Love. The art of self-love. <laughs> you know, part of my message, I, my team came up here. Y'all give my team a hand. These some fly ladies, right? <laughs> I said, y'all dipping into my message. So listen, it was just the Holy Spirit. We walking in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So we need to know and understand the unconditional love of the Father. Once we receive the love, y'all receive the love. You had the demonstration on this past Sunday. As, as we receive that love, it's time now to portray that love and display that love, not just in others, but in us first. Say, me first. So, since it's Mother's Day, I'll mainly be addressing the women, but men, you can get something out of it too. 
you can get some out because it's the word. The word is the word, whether it's talking, where I'm talking to a man, woman, boy, and girl, we can always get something out of the word. A part of receiving the love of God is self-love. Say self-love. When you love yourself, you can give of yourself. Look at God. God so loved us. He loved the world that he gave of himself. Where would we be if he had not displayed the greatest love of all? Now, we know what's that Whitney saying, the greatest love of all, but we know God is the greatest love of all. Because he loved and because he is love, he gave himself for us. Love was on the scene first, and then love gave. Listen to this. If you don't love yourself enough to take care of yourself, you will be no good for anybody else. And you won't be able to take care of you, give to anybody else. You'll just be stagnant. Say, I'll be stagnant. Now, we talk about here in Ephesians 2 and 10, I didn't send the scriptures, but if you can put up Ephesians 2 and 10 in the NLT, we are God's valuable masterpiece, the art of self-love. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. The Passion Translation says we have become his poetry. Poetry is a part of art too. We have become his poetry, recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has, he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. And then Amplify says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we will walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And one more scripture, Psalms 139, verses 13 to 18 in the Passion Translation. It says, David says, you form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. Thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even form every bone in my body, which you created me to be before. No, 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 no. You, I didn't skipped over. You even formed every bone in my body, which you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shape me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Ain't that good that God is thinking of you every single moment? How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly 
in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Ain't that good? So when I think of a masterpiece, I immediately think of art. Hence the title, as I said, The Art of Self-Love. So what is a masterpiece? What is a masterpiece? It's a creation in any area of the arts that has been given much critical praise, especially one that is considered the greatest work of art of a person's career or to a work of outstanding creativity, skill, profundity, deep thought, or workmanship. A masterpiece is a person's greatest piece of work, as in an art. And it's a product produced or accomplished through the effort or activity of a person or thing. Now, with masterpieces, we surround them with that special red tape, right? Now, we don't want anybody to touch them because their value could potentially decrease. Now, I'm sure when Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa, he looked at his work and was mesmerized, mesmerized by it. He thought to himself, this is the greatest piece that I have done so far. Now, listen, when it comes to me and you, God did the same thing. He stood back and he took a look at me. He took a look at you and he said, this girl, London, that I made, she is fearfully and wonderfully made. She is my very own masterpiece. I know what I'm going to do with her. I have a destiny and a plan all carved out for her. Even before she was in Carrie Wright's womb. Huh, this is the greatest work that I've done so far. That's what God said about me. And that's what God says about you. We are each his special masterpiece. We are each his greatest work that he has done so far. Now, I had, I don't know if some of you may have seen, but starting with our real-life talk, I had Jasmine the Artist. If you can give Jasmine the Artist a hand. I texted her a couple of days ago, and I said, I got this idea, you know, for my message. Can you, you know, draw me a picture, you know, start maybe at, you know, real-life talk, and then as long as you finish before I speak. She was like, sure, I got you. That's how she, she always got my back. So, do you see this picture she, she did up here? You see how, I don't know if you noticed her, but you see how delicate she was with it. She had it all planned out before she was going to paint it today. She knew what she was going to paint. She made an outline of it. All she had to do was fill it in. And everything that she envisioned came to life on that, on that piece there. The end picture was already settled before she started. But she had to make some detours along the way. She had to make some detours. Maybe some of the color ran out and she had to stop and get some more. Or maybe she forgot some color at home and she was a little bit late and had to go back to get some color. No matter what detour she faced, she still had a masterpiece in mind. Ain't that beautiful? Well, with our God, he had already planned our end from our beginning. He knew what we were to be even before we knew ourselves. Now, sometimes we make mistakes, right? How many of you have ever made a mistake? Okay, put your hands down. How many of you have made two mistakes? 
All right, put your hands down. The first mistake that you thought about, have you made it more than once? Listen, we make mistakes. And don't go in the way in which God intends for us to go sometimes. But, 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 listen, have no fear. Nothing will be wasted. Nothing will be wasted. He knew the monkey wrenches that would be thrown into our lives to prevent us from living our lives to the fullest. But he used those monkey wrenches, eat monkey wrenches, even in where we are today. Although we may have experienced some bumps and some bruises in our journey, he still has an expected end for us. Say, God still has an expected end for me. His outline is still the same, y'all, and nothing will be wasted. Now, when Jazz finished the painting, she left it around these red ropes. Y'all like these little red ropes? I like these red ropes. So nobody can go in and touch it. Nobody can do anything like that. Now, when God finished with us, he also put these special red ropes around us. Now, let's call that destiny. He put that around us so that we could fulfill and be who God has called us to be. Now, it's only when we let people go and fiddle around with these ropes that we allow them to step into who, into our destiny and who God has called us to be. And then we try to make those, or they try to make us make those detours. But no bump or bruise will ever keep us from being God's valuable masterpiece. Now, one of those bumps I want to talk about today is making sure that we're loving ourselves. Say, loving myself. If we let us, our historic makeups, our past experiences, if we let that infiltrate those red ropes, our destiny, then that will try to stop us from being who God has called us to be. And then we won't fulfill who God has called us to be. Now, when you do that, you're going to live a life of regret, frustration, loss, anxiety, anger, just to name a few things. But what an amazing God we have, right? He knew our end from our beginning, and now all we have to do is follow in what he has already called us to do. Say, I got to follow in what he has already called me to do. So I ask this question of all of us. If you, we, me, are God's valuable masterpiece, his workmanship, why do we treat ourselves like trash or allow others to treat us like trash? Now, when I talk about the art of self-love, I'm talking about self-love being valuing and caring for your own needs, wants, and desires. It means that you have an appreciation and affinity and a positive regard for yourself. It's closely related to self-esteem and self-compassion. Now, when you have a strong sense of self-love, you understand your own value and you treat yourself in a loving way. And I'll add this, you won't let others treat you in an unloving way. Self-love means having a good understanding of both your strengths and your weaknesses. It has to do whether or not you like yourself. Do you like yourself? I love myself. Even on a bad day, I love myself. Self-love is your ability to find yourself worthy of trust, admiration, love, and care. Self-love is not about being selfish. 
But it's really about making sure you are okay so you can then make sure others are okay. Now listen, if we, if the planes can do it, we certainly can practice self-love. And when I say the planes, have you ever been on an airplane? If you've ever been on an airplane, raise your hand. Most of you have. When you go through those drills, and sometimes you might not even be listening to those drills because you figure, I already got it, I already know. But listen, they pull down that oxygen mask, right? Now, what do they tell you when they pull down that oxygen mask? Put yours on first. Why? So, self-love is a part of putting that oxygen mask on you first so you can help somebody else. Even if you have a child next to you, it said, they tell you, put it on first. Because once, if you're no good for you, you're no good for that child. Self-love is critical to our overall well-being. So I want to talk about five benefits of self-love. Number one is lower stress or anxiety and higher resilience. Lower stress and anxiety and higher resilience. Now stress usually happens when we don't feel that we're good enough or capable enough of living the challenges that we face in life. We all, we face challenges in life. Stress, however, can be lowered by a strong sense of self-love. And then we're able to problem solve and tackle whatever those challenges are that we may face. Another benefit is empathy. Say empathy. empathy. When we are able to see ourselves and accept our strengths and weaknesses with compassion and appreciation for ourselves, we can also be compassionate and appreciative with others. The ability to be compassionate with others and their struggles becomes, help us to become more empathetic. In turn, empathy creates a stronger connection and a stronger sense of belonging. So when you take care of yourself, you feel like you belong. Another benefit is stronger determination and the abilities to strive for success. You become aware of the low battery signals and you take action before you experience burnout. Now, how many iPhone users, the apostolic users we have in here? So I know for the iPhone users, when our batteries get low, there's a low battery mode that comes on, right? On my phone, there's a little yellow battery, you know, at the very top right, it turns yellow. Now, when that low battery mode is on, it doesn't allow all of the functions to function properly. Certain things are not being refreshed. So if you have your emails open, your emails are not being refreshed. Your text messages might not come through as quickly as they normally do. But when the low battery is on, it will continue to work for a while until it all goes all the way dead. But then you have to eventually charge it back up to 100%, and then it starts functioning properly. I want to ask you this. How are you functioning? Are you functioning on a low battery or on a full battery? Self-love helps you to function on a full battery. The fourth one I want to talk about is boosting confidence, self-esteem, and motivation. Feeling good about yourself, you do this when you are motivated. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about your opinions. You trust yourself. You feel good about your abilities. With this boosting confidence, you understand that failure is only a learning opportunity. 
not a painful indicator of defeat. I live and I learn. By having a great level of self-esteem, you'll be less likely to suffer from loneliness, from addiction, from anxiety, from depression, and all of those other things when you love yourself. Number five, you learn to deal with adversity. You learn to deal with adversity. When you love yourself, you will feel less stressed or uncomfortable when going through difficult events or situations. You won't compete or compare yourselves with anybody else because you are the best you that you can be. You'll embrace your hardships. You'll become an optimistic thinker and you'll be willing to get creative and try new things. So you heard these benefits and so you might say, hey, Pastor London, I do love myself. Well, do you really? Do you really? Do you take care of yourself? Self-care nourishes our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. Self-love is truly an art. It takes time. It takes consideration. It takes thought. It takes carefulness. When she was creating this painting, she, was, she didn't rush through it. She took her time doing it. It takes creativity. It takes patience. Now, what are some ways of self-love? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you how to take care of yourself. The first thing is spiritual. If you were at the T, this is a part of teaching. It's repetitive. Amen. Spiritual self-love. This way actually helps and sustains all the other ways that I'll name. Now, you're sitting here, you're enjoying the service, you know, from the rooter to the tutor, you have enjoyed service thus far. This is a part of self-love. Attending services, if you are watching online, if you are actively watching online, taking notes, you are participating in spiritual self-love. Having, having a constant relationship with God is a part of self-love. Spending time with him by praying, by reading the word, by studying the word, by meditating the word. That's a part of self-love. Are you participating in the spiritual part of self-love? Mental self-love. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'll say as a man, woman, boy, girl thinks in their, her heart, so is he or she. Now, Pastor Reggie said that instead of asking, how are you doing, we pose this question, how are you thinking? The way you think and the things that you're filling this great mind up with, it greatly influences your psychological, your spiritual, your mental, your physical, your emotional, and your relational well-being. Now, some ways you can participate in mental self-love is practicing self-compassion. Give yourself a break. Accept yourself. Don't beat yourself up when you make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Do a couple of puzzles. Yeah, puzzles keep your mind sharp. Granny is over the age of 80 and she sits in the chair or on the edge of her bed and she does her puzzles. Her mind is sharp. You can do that too. You might say, I'm, I'm 10 or I'm 20. My mind is good, but you start now. So when you train your mind to do that, so when you get old, you can continue to do those puzzles. Practice positive self-talk. Positive self-affirmation. You can say, I am loved. I 
am worthy. I am good enough. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I have power, strength, and ability to handle whatever life throws at me. I am creative and I radiate positivity. I have more faith than fear. Talk to yourself. Instead of downing yourself, boost yourself up. Because we believe ourselves before we believe anybody else. So boost yourself up. That's a part of mental self-love. Physical self-love. It's all about forming healthy habits that enhance your well-being and ditching the unhealthy ones that decrease your well-being. Eating the right foods, that's a part of taking care of yourself physically. Drinking the right drinks, primarily water, that's a part to take care of yourself physically. We fuel our bodies with great food and water. Getting enough sleep. Oh, that's a part of taking care of yourself. You know, I told the ladies at the tea, I said, you know, when I take the boys, if I take the boys to the doctor, they have something's going on with them. You know, I just give the symptoms to the doctor, right? And so I gave the symptoms to her. And she said, give me, give me a minute, give me a minute. So I gave her a minute. She came back with this paper. And the paper told me what the symptoms equated to, what it what was she was diagnosing her with, so, that diagnosing him with. So I said, okay. And I looked at the bottom of that paper. And it said, www.webmd.com. I said, well, if the doctor can go to webmd.com, I can too. So I looked at the doctor, webmd.com, and said, how many hours of sleep should we be getting? And drwebmd.com says, most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. Yeah, some of y'all getting about two and three. Although some people may need as few as six or as many as 10, sleep, 10 hours of sleep a day. Now, older adults, ages 65 and older, need seven to eight hours of sleep per day. I was going to say, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to say that. How many of you are sinning in that area? Yes, sinning. You're missing the mark in that area. You know, I would rather get my sleep and listen if you know me I get my sleep you know before I was truly saved and had grew up in the word I would sleep at church I was sleeping the man of God he was preaching the solid word of God and I would be knocked out because I hadn't grown up in the word so I get my sleep listen if you do not get enough sleep your body will make you sit down because when we sleep that replenishes our cells and all of that stuff you know our digestive system works and all of that so if you're having issues with digestive system and all of that just check on how much sleep you're getting I know you know you think I got I got to do this I got to do that God knew what he called you to do when he told you to get this much sleep yeah God God said it through WebMD get your sleep Hunch, hunch your neighbor and say, I'll get my sleep. I can, I can talk about that one because, listen, I follow the Lord when it pertains to getting that sleep. Listen, I could be, we could have company at the house. And if I'm asleep, the company around me just talking and doing everything and I'm just gone. And so I need to lose just a little bit more weight because I had started snoring. And I didn't snore, you know, before. I'm like, well, maybe it's this 
little pound, extra pounds that's on me. But, you know, if, you, if you're around me in those times, God bless you. I, I apologize for snoring, but I do what I'm supposed to do as it pertains to sleep. Physical activity. That's another part of physical love. Physical activity. Walk around the block. You know, Mama Proctor, she run. We say it's the wrong way, but she made her own way. She runs around here a couple of times. Sometimes I be tired just looking at them like I got these heels on. I can't run around this church. And now she started taking people with her. Listen, that's what you got to do. You got to start taking people with you. If you see your sister going astray, you got to pull her up, snatch her up, bow her pants and say, come on with me, girl. Do what you need to do. That wasn't even in my notes. But walk around your house, walk around the kitchen, walk around the block, do something. Say, do something. A little bit of walking now goes a long way later. Because what happens is if we don't walk, if we don't move these limbs, our muscles will start to atrophy. They'll start to decrease and then you ain't going to be able to move. So I would rather move now than be sitting up somewhere and I can't move. Caring for your physical needs. Go to the doctor. Oh, I walk by faith. I don't walk by the doctors. But listen, God put these doctors in the earth. Now, when the doctor, and if he gives you a diagnosis, we know that we can, we can turn that around. We don't have to believe the diagnosis. But go to the doctor. Take care of yourselves physically. If you're scared, I bind that fear in Jesus' name. And I loose a spirit of peace so you can go and do what you got to do. If you're a woman, go get those breast exams when they tell you to. Get your pap smear every year. Come on. Take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself now, you're going to regret it. You're not going to be able to take care of yourself later. Taking that medication. Yeah, a hush fell over the room. Listen, you take that medication in the name of Jesus. And when you see the manifestation, you stop taking it. But take that medicine if you need it. We here believe that we receive manifested healing. You already saw what, what Patrick has received his manifested healing. But he did what the doctor told him to do. And coupled with the prayer that the righteous have prayed, he's received his manifested healing. But take care of yourself. Take time away from computer. Is that eight seconds? You told me you was giving me all my time. I'm kind of, they gave me 20 minutes. The devil is a liar. I ain't even halfway finished. No. <laughs> Take time away from computers, from TV, and from that smartphone. I ain't get enough amens on that one. I believe there's a demonic undercurrent with these phones, with this, this technology and all of that to keep us from who God has called us to be. Because nine times out of ten, you ain't on there with your Bible app and reading the word. You on there scrolling through Facebook, tick-a-tockers, snap-a-chatter, and all of that stuff. Take some time away from that. And sometimes when you on that stuff all the time, you get headaches and all that stuff. But you keep on going. You squinting, trying to read and see what they, what they just said. Get off of it. Say, get off of it. And this, this right now, I'm going to say this. And I know it's not going to be a favorable thing for a lot of people. Take a temporary or permanent social media break. That part. That, a capital T, capital H, capital A, and a capital T. That part. 
because we find ourselves competing, even if we don't want to. We go on there, we like, we're not going on there to compete and compare. But how many of you have competed with others and compared with others based on what you've seen? And I would venture out to say that 90% of the stuff on there that you're competing and comparing with ain't even the truth. It's what somebody wants you to think. You're not in, we're not in their houses. We're not in their marriages. And sometimes when people put all this stuff on Facebook about their marriages, have you told your husband that? Have you told your wife that? Or do you want everybody else to think, you know, I'm a good wife or I'm a good husband? No, tell your spouse that you love her. I love you, boo. I love you, babe. Don't just put it all on Facebook or, or, or Instagram. Now they got the Facebook where you can put, um, you put it on Facebook and it'll go to all these other platforms. You know, one-stop shop. But how about you do a one-stop shop at your own home? How about you tell your son and your daughter, I love you no matter what you're going through, instead of putting them up, you know, just at graduation time and, you know, prom time and, you know, all this stuff. Tell them they want to hear it. Because some of them don't even, some of the young ones don't even have social media, so they don't even know that you love them because you're telling the world, but you ain't never told them. So take a break, whether it's permanent or temporary from social media. Make time for the little things. Make time for the little things. They're giving me 10, 10, um, 10 minute increments. Okay. Go to the nail shop. And I'm not just going to, I'm not going to say that's just for ladies. Men go to the nail shop too. Listen, if you're a husband, you need to be in the nail shop. You need to be getting your manicure and your pedicure. Because, you know, you in the bed at night, you under the covers, and you start rubbing, you know, her leg. You don't want to cut her up. You know, you got the raggedy toenails and all that stuff, and women the same way. You know, my, this, okay, I'm, you know, we transparent, so I'm going to just let y'all know this. But my toenails used to be very long, and they are very, very thick. So when I go to the nail shop and they clip it, I be like, Lord, please don't let that put her out because it's just going to clip up. <laughs> but I didn't used to take care of myself. I used to just let that nail grow. And now people, and I ain't faulting anybody for this. I'm just saying me. Now people get phony nails on there and have them growing. But if you're married, your husband don't appreciate that. He needs that to be round or if you like it square, make sure you grooming yourself and take care of yourself. Because nobody wants to be bleeding in the bed. <laughs> Polish your nails. Yeah. And, and these fingers, it's something about maybe the weather. Your, your skin kind of grows back a little bit more. But make sure you're oiling down and moist. Yeah, this is a part of self-love. If you don't love yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, don't expect Jimmy to take care of you either. Listen, I was, I was going to the nail shop before I met Reggie. I'm going to tell him Reggie. Y'all call him Pastor Reggie, but I'm going to call him Reggie. I was going to the nail shop before that. Now I'm just continuing it. Put on a full face of makeup. Oh, I don't, I don't wear makeup. You know, I don't wear makeup. I didn't used to wear makeup either. I did because my, my skin is it's beautiful. It's still beautiful. And I'm not saying your skin is not beautiful, but sometimes you need to just put a little, little mac, a little rouge. You know, my mama and my aunt used to take their little, they little red lipstick and put it right there. And then you smooth it out the little rouge or whatever. If you can't do it, have somebody else beat your face. 
Y'all know what beat your face in. I ain't talking about with no, with no, um, no fist or whatever. I'm talking about with the brush. I'm talking with the, with the air, you know. But I will say this. Okay. When you get your face beat, that should enhance who you are, not change who you are. People be looking sharp by the face, and I don't know who they are. That's just, that's, and, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody by that, but just enhance the natural beauty. I'll just stop there. Shaving your face, shaving your legs, shaving your underarms, that's a part of self-love. That's a part, she said, come on, come on. That's a part of self-love. And ladies, when we have the winning women, actually it'll be the married, the married ladies, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some, some shaving and stuff then too. But pamper yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> pamper yourself, that's another one. We getting off of the shaving. Pamper yourself. Men, you can get a haircut. Women, you can get a haircut if you have your hair low. Get a massage to help you relax. Now, if you're on a budget, you can do a DIY face mask at home, right? You can do a DIY, DIY pedicure. Yeah. So I, um, it was several years ago, the boys, they wanted me to do, you know, they were actually, it was them. They were acting like they were of another um, culture. And they were talking in different ways, and they were going to be my nail technician. So we had the little, um, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying, they, yeah. We had the little pedicure bowl, and I would put my feet in there, and they would call themselves, they had some names for themselves. And so we, I was teaching them even back then, they, they, I was teaching them to take care of me, but I also, in turn, I did the same thing for them. They sat in the bowl, and I act like I was, you know, of another persuasion, and I took care of them. <laughs> that, that's, that, um, that just came up. I don't know where they came up from, but I taught them how to take care of themselves too. Take a bath. take a bath you know put the bubbles and the candles and the dim lights and the Epsom salt you know sometimes you know Pastor Reggie was sense that something's going on and I remember he just he just made me this bath and and first I was like oh thank you I thank you for that but sometimes you know when men do certain things they do it to get something else so I was like is he trying to get get some of the cookie I was like well well but he really wasn't he was just trying to make sure that I was relaxed and that I would be taken care of and then in the end he was taken care of okay but help yourself this bath this bath helps you to relax and recuperate from the daily stressors <laughs> okay no enough of enough of what was that physical self-love emotional self-love as we said earlier, if you haven't watched or you haven't listened to Pastor Kelly, she talked about emotional maturity. Make sure you go and listen to that. With emotional self-care, you use healthy coping skills to deal with uncomfortable emotions like anger and anxiety and sadness. You must practice self-love in this area, especially during these perilous times that we live in now. Now, this can include activities that help you to acknowledge your feelings and express them on a regular basis. Because you know when you don't express those feelings, pop goes a weasel because a weasel go pop. You're going to blow up if you don't express. Ask me how I know. 
Because I have done it. I have suppressed and suppressed. And you put too much in there, it got to come out. You come, you're coming down and then certainly soon that you can't go down no further than it start going up here and then out. But practice ways to help you to acknowledge those feelings and to express them on a regular basis. Talk to somebody you trust. Not somebody who's going to go, you know, telling your business. Talk to somebody you trust that will help you to experience or help you to go through these negative emotions or these uncomfortable emotions. Set aside time for leisure activities that help you process your emotions. You can journal. How many of you like to journal? You can journal. Take some time to write down what you're grateful for. Write down the goals you hope to accomplish and a list of things that bring you joy. You can even write out your frustrations, things you want to work on, your disappointments. Now, sometimes when we put our thoughts on paper, we can be healed at a greater level with that. Give yourself permission to say no. No is a complete sentence. You cannot be everything to everybody. It's hard to give everything or give anything your best if you're not constantly, if you're trying to constantly do it all. You got your hand in 15 different fires. 15 different fires is not helping. You're not doing anything in any of those fires. When you practice saying no, it allows you to take on what you can handle. Say, I want to take on what I can handle. With emotional self-love, ask for what you need. If you need help, tell the people you love that I need help, I need time, or I need space. That's a part of emotional self-love. Relational self-love. Having healthy, supportive, and diverse relationships in your life helps with self-love. I told the ladies at the tea, I don't understand about these work husbands and work wives. Yeah, that's the devil and re reincarnate. That's the devil. But you need to have more diverse relationships in your life, not just those. And, and a lot of those work relationships are temporary. They're fleeting. If you leave that job tomorrow, are you going to talk to that work husband? No, you don't even talk to your own husband. But be intentional about prioritizing close relationships in our lives. That's a part of relational self-love and supporting when we can. Now, how do we activate? I'm almost done. Say, she almost done. I don't want you to play the music just yet, but I'll let you know when to play the she almost done music. But how do we activate self-love in our lives? Number one, create a self-love plan of action and customize it to your needs. Say, my needs. Now, this is not a one-time deal. This is a lifelong journey, and it needs to be customized and revisited often. Why? Because we're all different. Our fingerprints are different. What you need is not what I need, and what I need is not what you need. So find out what you need to focus on and write it out. Create that self-love plan of action. Number two, practice some part of self-love every day. Say every day. Every day. You mean to tell me I got to love myself every day? Yes, that's what I mean to tell you. If there is any neglect in the five areas we talked about on the different types of self-love, look at those areas first and use that plan to, to make this plan unique for you. 
identify whatever deficiencies you have in those areas and where you can improve and then make the necessary steps to change. We've been talking about making the step. You take the first step. When you take that step, then you continue to get momentum and you continue to make more steps. Don't go biting off more than you can chew, though. You might say, I need the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, the relational, and the mental. So I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Don't go biting off more than you can chew. Why? Because you'll end up failing because you'll get overwhelmed. Start with one thing. As women and as men, as women who love ourselves, that's what we need to be. Instead of those who are quitting on ourselves or giving up on ourselves. Number three, schedule specific time to focus on these areas. So it's good that you, you created the plan, you practice it. Now schedule, before you practice it actually, schedule specific time. Because you know sometimes you wake up, your day is busy, then you know it's time to go to bed, it's time to do this. Make sure you schedule some time for all of those areas spiritually first. Make sure you schedule time and practice them every day. Even when you don't feel like it or you, don't, you feel like I don't have another minute to squeeze in, make this a priority. No matter if you have small children, adult children, or no children, there is always some time to prioritize self-care. So there is always time to practice and prioritize self-care. So at the beginning, if you can um, play, that, play that music now. At the beginning, we talked about how we are God's valuable masterpiece. We are his masterpiece behind these special red ropes. Will we end up in the junkyard as a has-been or someone who hasn't fulfilled their purpose in life? Or will we stay on the showroom, on the showroom floor for all to see and behold the goodness of our God through our lives? his valuable masterpiece. I would rather stay on the showroom floor and make God look good. <laughs> Y'all want to make God look good? We can do this by applying the word of God that we've just heard. Now, are you ready to get and stay behind those special red ropes? Who's ready to do it? If you want it, now I, I had her, you know, paint this wonderful, y'all like that? If you have children in here, that little baby, you, you see kind of your children as their little baby all the time. No matter if they're 50, 60, they still your little baby. <laughs> but when she showed me this painting, I say, this is perfect. Because it doesn't just symbolize the little baby. It symbolizes who a mother is with caring for her child. So we had our um, the young lady that just partner with us on Sunday. Would you like to receive this special painting? Sure. Y'all give her a hand. We just loan up with gifts. So you can you can get it after after service. But this whenever you think of these red ropes in this painting, I want you to know that you are in the middle of those red ropes and God's destiny for your life always surrounds you. Now, what are we going to do about it? So thank you for allowing me to share on the art of self-love. I pray that you have received something and that you not just received it, but you will go and apply it today. Now, as the kids say, let's go!